season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have Arkansas High School baseball coaching legend, current vice president and general manager of the Arkansas Sticks. We have Coach Kyle Slayton on the podcast. Coach, super pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today? Man, I'm great. It's a great day in Arkansas. Awesome. Is it all is it sunny up there in Arkansas? I know it's sunny here in Indiana. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a little the fog was heavy this morning. Um but we're getting ready. looks like about one or two more days of some decent weather, and then it's going to turn cold next week. Okay. So what's what's that weather usually look like in, in Arkansas at this time of the year, like uh, temperature-wise? Um, you know, it, it's it's been a little warm this. I mean, like yesterday, it got up to, to mid-70s. Uh, kind of felt like a late spring day uh, yesterday when me and, me and my son were at the park, just kind of I was hitting some ground balls and throwing some BP. Uh, but, you know, like next week I was looking and it's going to be low to mid 50s during the day and, and mid 30s at night. So it's it's going to start. Yeah, it's going to start cooling down. Yeah. Hurt the golf game now. Yeah. Cold weather's coming. Man. I, I, I don't I don't I don't like that cold weather. I want I want baseball season all year round. But no. Right, um, so too. before we kind of, before we're going to dig into the baseball side of things, uh, I do have one question that I kind of like to ask everybody as they get on the podcast. And that is for those who don't know you. How would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Coach Kyle Slayton? Well, I'm a uh, I'm a kid that grew up in East Texas, uh, Mineola, Texas, and uh, we stayed there. I still got got a sister there, uh, so it, we we still call it home. And uh, when I graduated from Mineola, I ended up going to uh, Southern Arkansas and playing baseball. Uh, pitched four years at SAU. And uh, when I ended up finishing up um, college and got my degree, I uh, got a job at Falk High School right outside of Texarkana, uh, stayed there for five years, and then uh, went to Nashville, Arkansas, where, where I was at for 20 years. And uh, it's been home. My daughter graduated from here. My son's a junior. Uh, me, and my, me and my wife both worked for the school. Uh, so we've, we've been here a long time. It's, uh, it's, a it's been a great place. It's a great place to raise our kids, great school, uh, really athletic town. Uh, everybody supports all the sports. We've been really good in, in, in most all sports. And, uh, you know, it's just a town of about 5,000 and, uh, Everybody knows everybody. Friday night shut down for football. Uh, always been a big football town, but we kind of we kind of turned it into a to a baseball town too the last twenty years. Okay, so is so high school football in in Arkansas uh, like so in Nashville? Do you think that's similar to Texas high school football, or does Texas still kind of have Arkansas football beat? <clears throat> uh, now it. We don't want to cross that red river with Texas. We've, we've done it a few times and uh, it never turns out well. Texas football is, is a whole different caliber of, uh, 
of football. Now, it, you know, Arkansas football is good, and uh, and it continues to, I think, get a little better. But but the uh, the caliber's not the same. But you know, a lot of times the the size of the schools aren't the same either. Um, it's just um, you know we wouldn't. I've always said that some of these really good like 4A schools in Texas probably at times could come into Arkansas and probably win our highest classification state championships. It's just, it's just that different level. Okay. All right. So let's, let's dig into your baseball career a little bit. You said you went and played at, you said it was Southern Arkansas, correct? For those four years. That's, yes, sir. So after those four years at Southern Arkansas, what was it that kind of motivated, motivated you to become a coach and kind of give to the next generation um, and when did those thoughts kind of start creeping into your head as you were potentially still a ball player, uh, thinking about the next step of becoming a coach? Well, you know, in, in high school, uh, I mean, I was a four-sport athlete, played all of them. And, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest mentors in, in my life was my high school baseball coach. And uh, he's kind of the one that pushed me to SAU and uh, got me up there. And, uh, it's it's you know, it, I started out um in business you know thought I might want to be an accountant uh boy that was a tough road for a little while I was like boy I don't know if I can handle 36 more hours of accounting so I kind of got out of that went into like business finance and uh but it it all ended up I was just you know I, I just I was always in athletics and I just you know finally I was like hey I uh coaching's what what I'm probably playing to do. And uh, so I just started taking the education classes, I actually got a business education degree because I already had all those business hours and uh, ended up getting my coaching endorsement. And uh, man, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, it was a great, a great 25 years with uh, a lot of wins and a lot of games and a lot of championships. Okay. So now that so we'll dig into each your your coaching career at, at Folk and your coaching career at Nashville. Um, but no, digging into you playing in Southern Arkansas with you being recruited such like a long 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 period of time ago. Not saying that you're old, just saying it, it was a while back. Oh yeah. And now now that you're kind of with the Arkansas sticks, you're seeing the way that the recruiting process has changed within college baseball, and you're seeing all these guys on your guys' team committing to Arkansas, LSU, TCU, schools like that. How do you think the whole uh, landscape of college baseball and the landscape of actually recruiting high school kids has changed within these past, I don't know, 25, 30 years? Oh, man, it's it's astronomical. Um, you know, when – when I went to SAU, um, you know, they were NAI. We didn't have any scholarships. Uh, we were kind of all just uh, – you hoped that you had a little academic money. Uh, most all of us were on, you know, the work-study program just to help help pay some bills or pay for school every month. And, uh, you know, and then it's just it, – it's kind of amazing some of the kids that you – you know, that I played with. Uh, you know, you look up, you got kids out of Canada or California, Florida, and you think, how in the world did they ever hear of, about Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia, Arkansas? Um, but man, Coach Goodhart did a, he did a great job of uh, getting good people with him and his, his, um, his list of people he knew was big. And, and I know that helped get in 
get players into the state, and it still does today. It's one of the, you know, it's one of the top Division II programs in the country. Uh, went to the went to Cary last year, uh, maybe finished top four or five in the country, and we've always been uh, that program has always been really good. Uh, even back when I played, we we always kind of felt that we were, you know, we might. We probably didn't want to play the University of Arkansas every every month, but we felt like we could go play with the UALRs and the Arkansas States and, uh, you know, back then UCA and Arkansas Tech, all that was in a conference. But, you know, that all of that kind of um, my college playing days all kind of pushed me into the, the coaching ranks. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what got me where I'm at. But, you know, the recruiting process now is so – it's so crazy. Uh, you got guys, you got kids that are committed to Arkansas and LSU that have not even played a high school game yet. And uh, that just blows me away. You know, I can remember, I don't know, probably five or six years ago, Wes Johnson, um, we had some battles back in his high school days when he coached high school. And, you know, Wes ended up at Dallas Baptist and then Mississippi State and Arkansas and then was the pitching coach for the Minnesota Twins and now he's the pitching coach at LSU. I can remember him telling us five, six years ago, he said, hey, we really don't want, I mean, we really don't want to go offer these eighth graders, but if you don't, somebody else is going to. So that's just where it's at right now. And I think a lot of that is is because of how how big the travel ball system has gotten and uh, you know, just the perfect game and all that stuff has made it just uh, a huge ordeal. And, and uh, it's just, uh, it's great for baseball, but boy, it's, it's, it's tough on these kids at times and their parents, I believe just because, you know, everybody's such a, in such a rush to get committed and all that, you know, and I just try to tell all my guys, I've always tried to tell my guys that, Hey, if you're good enough, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter when it happens. Um, it's going to happen. So, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's came a long way since uh, 1990. So do you, do you think it'll ever go back to where players are committing for the most part, their sophomore, junior, senior year, or do you think it's going to continue um, to where players are getting their first offers, their first contacts with coaches as eighth graders, <laughs> freshmen before playing their high school game. Like, where do you kind of see um, just the landscape of college baseball recruiting heading these next five, 10 years? Now, I really think it's probably going to stay where it's at. They're going to offer these kids when they're young, uh, as bad as we, we and, and probably even the college guys don't like it. They have to do it. Um, you know, man, the, the COVID year has put so much headache in everything now. Uh, kids are still trying to catch up. Teams are just completely jam-packed, full. Uh, you know, your high school seniors, are they're still struggling uh, at times to get places because these, you know, take, for example, like a Southern Arkansas. I mean, he, uh, he had every starter coming back this year. And, I mean, some of those kids been over there for six years with the, you know, with a possible red shirt and then the COVID red, you know, year. Uh, you're talking about 24, 25 year old college players. And I mean, you know, those 18 year olds don't have a chance yeah. and uh, they just got to put, you got to, you got to really be disciplined 
and love the game because you're probably going to have to go somewhere and work your tail off for a couple of two or three years before you get a chance to play. Yeah. So, so dig into your actual coaching career. Like you said, you coached for 25 years, four or five years coaching at folk and then 20 years at Nashville. So kind of let, let's start off talking about folk high school, kind of how you got connected with them and just take us through those first couple of years of your coaching career there. You know, I got lucky at, uh, at, at for the foul job. Um, my, uh, we were moving to Texarkana and, uh, going back to, like I say, my high school coach, he lived in Texarkana and he used to work at Fout and, uh, he kind of made a call. They were looking for a coach and, uh, I was lucky enough to get a job down there and luckily enough, lucky enough to, you know, my first year of coaching be the head coach. And, uh, it was a good place, a little old, 3A school uh, right outside of Texarkana had been competitive in baseball before I got there. You know, a couple of uh, quarterfinals, maybe even a semifinal. And uh, it was a, uh, you know, not a lot of expectations, but one of those schools where all your really good athletes played ever sport. So you were kind of behind, you know, we were always kind of behind because, maybe four or five of our best players were playing basketball also. Uh, so you didn't get those guys till late. And, uh, you know, but it's just something that we, uh, we accustomed to and, and uh, got done. And then, you know, had a, like a 15 and 12 year, my first year, probably scheduled a little better than, than I should have, uh, but was still successful. And then I guess that, at the end, maybe that summer we had, I had like two left-handed pitchers and a catcher transfer over from a school right beside us uh, that didn't play baseball. And uh, they wanted to come over and play baseball. And it kind of, that was a difference maker, those two arms and that catcher, all three of them really good players. And we had some good ones coming back. And uh, boy, we just got on a, got on a late run in the playoffs and uh, found a way to win a state championship my second year. Uh, Fouts only, only state championship, I think, in probably all the boys' sports still to this day. Um, just had some really good kids. And like I say, you know how it is in baseball. We kind of got lucky a few times and, and uh, played right. It, it was kind of amazing that year. We played a conference team, the Queen, in the finals. Uh, played them – I think four or five times that year, I believe they, uh, yeah, we played them twice during the year, then played them in the district championship and they beat us. They beat us the first three times. And then we played them in the regional championship and beat them and then played them in the state championship and got them four to two, I believe. So, you know, ended up staying for three more years, uh, had some really good team expected to be really good the next year too. Uh, just kind of had some bad luck. Those two left-handers, that uh that moved over were in a car wreck that that year and uh one of them fractured a uh fractured his kind of broke his neck and uh was out for about six to eight weeks we got him back like the last three weeks of the season and he didn't lose a game the whole time but we just never did 
we never did G-Raw that year, uh, just didn't didn't get it and ran into some good teams late, ran into a good Pulaski Academy team. But uh, I stayed long enough to uh, to do well and leave that place in a good in a good spot. And, uh, you know, Nashville was in the conference and uh, that last year, their coach, he was getting out and we were playing a game. He was like, hey, you need to go take this job. It's a great place. Uh, think you'll love it. Do a great job. Good players. And uh, so we we loaded up and, and ended up getting that job and stayed for 20 years. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned that. And, and was very, very successful in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, look at I mean, looking at looking at the all the articles that were written about you, um, all the stuff that I could see just through the research. I mean, it looks like you were very successful at both jobs. But no, you said during um that that nineteen ninety nine state title run, you actually faced a team five times. The first three times in the regular season, lost, and then you played them in the regional game, won, and then you also played them in the state game. So how exactly does that work in Arkansas when it comes to just high school playoffs to where you were able yeah. to play the same team twice? Because I know here in Indiana, if you if you lose, you're out. So you, how, how yeah. exactly does that work in Arkansas? Well, like back then and even till today, you still like most places, most, most conferences have a district tournament. Um, now, like our conference the last couple of years, we haven't. We played a double round robin and the top four teams go to regional. Um, so either way, the district tournament really don't, but let's, let's go into when regional play starts, that's kind of the playoff system and how like in 4A, we have, there's six districts in the state. So you match up with a di another district. So you have like the South region, the North region and the East region, um, where there's eight teams in those in those three tournaments and it's a it's a single elimination tournament so the top four teams out of those regions get to advance um to the state tournament the following week so basically you've got your regionals uh where you're going to play it all the way out because of the seeds and that kind of thing but everybody that wins on that first day those four teams are going to move on to the state tournament the following week. So after that, you're just playing for seeds. So I can win the first day, lose the second day. Then I'm going to play on the third day for the third, fourth place seed okay. uh, to get into the state tournament. So then there's going to be 12 teams in the state tournament. Eight of them play day one, four of them get a bye. So like your, your East winner gets a bye, your South winner of the regional gets a bye, your North winner gets a bye, and then it rotates every year on – like the South two or the North two or the East two get a buy and they just rotate each year. So if the North was this year, East would be next year. South would be next year where the one and two both get a buy um, is how that kind of works now. And then it is a single, you know, it's not the best format for sure. Uh, I don't really like it, but so then the, the, uh, then you just play a 12 team single elimination tournament in three days. So those, Eight teams play on Thursday. The winners play on Friday against the four by teams. You play the semifinals on Saturday, and then you get a week off before the state championships the next week. Now, you know, back in like in back in '99, there were a few more teams the, the way they did the classes, um, and 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 we were fortunate enough 
back then it was a 16-team bracket, okay? And they started on Saturday. So the champion, the, the ones from the regional would play the fours of the regional, whoever you were paired up with, and you got to play on Saturday. Well, then you would get Sunday off. Then the other teams, the twos and threes, would play on Monday. So you, if you were a one, you could play on Saturday, and you didn't have to come back and play till Tuesday, where those twos and threes had to play Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So it was a huge advantage that year. I mean, it, it couldn't have happened in now that, you know, today's world just because of how everybody, how parents are, and even with the pitch count. But like in 1999, that left-hander I had, he threw a seven-inning complete game on Saturday, the first round. I brought him back on Tuesday, and he went the first five innings uh, that day and ended up finishing with another guy. Then on Wednesday, I brought him in at the end to get us the last five outs. Uh, and then on that Saturday, he pitched a complete game, seven inning in the championship. Ooh. So we rode, we rode that sucker like a horse, and he was <laughs> he he was really good. I mean, I remember sitting in the dugout in that semifinal game, thinking, I mean, we were in trouble. Like bases loaded, we're up maybe four to one, three to one, something like that. Bases loaded, one out maybe, and I'm thinking, holy cow, what are we gonna do? So I go out to talk to the pitcher. I mean, just not having any idea. And, I mean, he's playing – my left-hander's playing out in right field, and all of a sudden I hear him, hey, I'm ready. And I was like, boy, that's all I need to hear. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So, I mean, he comes in and maybe, I don't know, seems like maybe threw a pass ball, they scored a run to make it 4-2, and then struck out the next two hitters and and uh, sent us to the state championship. But it was uh, – you know, the my years at FAUC was – was very good and it was a great place to start and then you know you come to Nashville it's a little bigger um and man we've been so you know I was a part of four state championships in football uh as a coach and then I guess we won four state championships in baseball so I mean you know eight titles in in uh 20 years in two sports is just a tremendous run so that 1999 state title was your second year coaching, but you also said your first year coaching there at Falk was the first time you were actually ever, you were actually ever a coach was your, like, so sorry, let me reword that. So your first year ever being a coach, you were a head coach, like you said. So was you being head coach your first year, not really getting that experience potentially under somebody else to kind of learn the way somebody else does it besides as a ball player. Uh, just what were some of, what were some of those uh, struggles that you kind of came across um, just kind of your first year and kind of being your first time as a head coach? Well, you know, baseball-wise, as far as just doing a practice and running a team, uh, I was fine with that part of it. You know, the one thing you're kind of not used to is like dealing with some parents um, that I had. I didn't ever have many, but it's it's something that you you run into that you haven't done. Uh, and just all the little things, but luckily, you know, I had a great assistant that had, he was a foul, you know, grew up in Falcon coach there. And, uh, he was really good to have, uh, especially just doing a lot of stuff, you know, keeping up with our stats, knowing the rules. I mean, he, he just did a, he did a lot for us and then had a really, a really good athletic director that, uh, put his trust in me 
and uh, bagged me and uh, and all that. But you know, luckily we were we were successful enough, it, quick enough. Um, you know, I think our first year we went fifteen and twelve, which I know uh, that's that's not great. But then to win it the second year, I think we went twenty eight and eight. Uh, that kind of gets some of the stuff off of your back. Uh, you know, even today's world, it, as long as you're winning, you can't, you don't get many complaints from people. Yeah. It's hard for parents to complain when, when you're winning. Uh, now, when you get to that 500 mark or whatever, then everybody wants to start complaining and, and uh, trying to get on you where you're, you know, you're still coaching the same way. I was still coaching the same way I did 20 years ago or 25 years ago. Um, it's just at times you don't have, you know, the talent's not as good or, uh, the other teams maybe have, you know, their, their, their stocks up a little bit and, uh, we might play good. Just, you know, they're just better teams and, uh, our people here just, uh, you know, like last year, I mean, we struggled, uh, around that 500 mark and, and, uh, the town of Nashville struggled with it. And, uh, you know, just cause we weren't used to it, you know, after winning state championship in 17, 18 and 19, had a really good chance to probably go. Mike could have went four times if COVID wouldn't have hit in 20. We had a really good team that year and, uh, and then was very competitive in 21. And then last year we just had to play a bunch of young kids and, you know, a couple of our, one of our pitchers didn't get, he was hurt most of the year and didn't get to pitch. And maybe our number one guy wasn't as good as we, you know, didn't have as good a year as we were hoping. And it was just one of those years, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I've been, I've been fortunate to, uh, like I say, to, to be a head guy my entire career. And, uh, it was, it, it's, it's been good. And, and like I say, I don't really have any complaints about it. And, uh, even my first couple of years when I, you know, most people would say, Hey, he probably don't know what he's doing. Um, but luckily I had a, had enough good people around me, uh, some mentors, coach Goodhart at SAU, or I could call coach Freeman, um, or even a couple of those guys on staff that, that helped take care of that. Yeah. So what was that transition process like going, like going from folk high school to Nashville high school, you said they're in the same conference. So I'm assuming like you obviously played uh, folk these past 20 oh. years as well in Nashville. Yeah. So what was that transition process for you as a coach? And then for you and your family as well, just going from folk to Nashville. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was a little, we were in the same conference, but, but, but it felt like Nashville was a lot bigger than us uh, just because we were, you know, we, we, the boundaries were so big out there at Falk was probably why our numbers or you had some of those kids coming, um, coming out from Texarkana area, getting into the Falk school instead of being in that bigger school. Uh, so it was, you know, we were in the same conference, but you didn't feel like you were in the same league uh, just because of, you know, a town of 5,000 versus a town of 750. Uh, just wasn't that part of it. And then, you know, we really liked the Texarkana area just because you were close enough uh, to get anything you wanted. If you wanted to just, hey, let's go eat, you could do it in 10 or 15 minutes. And you can't do that here at Nashville. Uh, you know, we're about, about an hour from Texarkana. So, you just kind of, at times you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere um, and you just can't, it's kind of a chore uh, to do, to just get up and go do something. Uh, 
And, uh, but you know, we're, um, it, it, you know, what's funny is that following year, I mean, I didn't, I'm not saying I left out because I didn't think we were going to be any good. I thought they were still going to be competitive and, uh, just depending on what kind of coach they got and, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, I went to Nashville and I think that year we, uh, I think we beat them three or four times that year, but they ended up get, getting on a little run in the state tournament and uh, got on the right side of the bracket. And they went to the state championship that year, uh, lost a tough game to a uh, maybe a good Pulaski Academy team that year, seems like. Uh, so that made it a little rough on some of my buddies back in the area or back at Falk that, boy, you left a year too early. But it, it really – it was uh, – we had a really good year that year at Nashville too. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we played a lot of games. That was the only backfire. I thought Nashville, I thought they always had good players. They just didn't play many games. Uh, you know, like a full schedule would have been maybe 18 games, 20 games to them. And I can remember our first couple of years, um, up at Nashville, we played 35, 36 games, played full schedules. Um, and they weren't used to that, but I think that's what I think that's what turned the program around and and got us where we're at just uh, by playing more and and uh, doing a lot of things. And and we were lucky enough to you know make some runs. Uh, I thought we boy we we could have won a state championship in 05, Just kind of had some bad luck. Lost a nine inning extra inning game in the semifinals to Warren. Uh, they went on and won the championship that year, 11 to one in the title game. So we, we let one slip away there, but then we gained one uh, with a really good team in 07. And then still had good teams that, through that period, but finally got back to the, to the championship game in 17. And then boy, just ran on that, that three peak year of 17, 18, 19. That was, that was unbelievable. Uh, what we, what those kids did during those three years and, and uh, three titles, and uh, just uh, boy, probably the probably the peak of my coaching career were those three years. It was just so much fun. Yeah. So you said in your twenty years at Nashville, you won obviously you won 07, You said eighteen, no, no, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen as well. State championships for baseball, but you also yep. said you won four state championships for football as a coach. So what were you coaching there for football and how was that, what did that schedule look like for you um, just on a yearly basis being a football coach and the head baseball coach? Well, when I got to Nashville, I started out on the high school football staff. Uh, so uh, stayed there. Uh, you know, I really don't even remember when I went back down to the junior high, but um, at the high school level, uh, I stayed long enough to, we won we, we had a three-peat in 05, 06, and 07, um, <clears throat> where we won three state titles, had some really good players. Like I say, those those seniors, those uh, 07 seniors, man, they were so it – was, it was such a great class. I mean, it seems like that maybe in 07 we won football, we won basketball, we won track. Uh, they might have won indoor and outdoor track. Uh, just a uh, unbelievable year. Uh, had some really good players in in those classes, and uh, had a chance to make a run again in 08. And just kind of had a hiccup in the second round on a bad night and got beat. But 
could have won one that year too, I think. And then I ended up going to, uh, I don't remember what year I was down at the junior high, I moved down to the junior high just cause I wanted to, um, kind of get away from the weekend work. Um, you know, no Saturdays and Sundays at the junior high. And, uh, boy, we went down there and, uh, I tell you what, one of the most impressive things is we went, uh, we had a run where we won, uh, our ninth grade team, you know, in, in, in Arkansas, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders are considered junior high. Uh, those ninth graders play junior high football and basketball. Now they can still play like high school baseball and softball, but they're considered junior high in football. And, uh, our ninth grade won 65 straight games during my Ooh. my time down there. Uh, I mean, we went we went nine and zero seven straight years, uh, which is just uh, I mean, you talk about the maybe the three peat in in baseball those championships those that that streak in uh, in junior high football was was unbelievable. And our kids, I mean, at times we. We had some groups that were really good, but then we had some. We had a couple of teams that we, you know, that we talked. Ah, well, this might be the year that that the streak ends. And some way, those kids just wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let it happen, and uh, they'd find a way to win. And it just kept going. And then finally, uh, that last year when it did get broke, we ran into. Uh, I, we ended up playing six A, a six A school, Lake Hamilton, uh, that first first game and whatever year that was and and uh they put it on us pretty good and the streak ended at 65 but but that was unbelievable but you know normal year that's the thing in Nashville you just go play football uh till December um I mean we usually always went three four rounds deep if we didn't go to the state championship uh so you know you play you play football till December and then you give those kids off the rest of the month. And, uh, we come back when we got back from Christmas break that first week of January and start baseball and, and, uh, practice every day until opening day, the last week of February. Uh, you throw in also having to either work a concession stand or keep the clock or the book at a basketball game, uh, once or twice a week during that time also. So, you know, you're, you're practicing baseball, having to leave early and go keep a book at a basketball and then play and then move right into football. It was some busy times, but um, really, really successful, and really fun years. All right. So obviously you mentioned that 65 game winning streak. You mentioned the three peats for baseball and for football. But just kind of as you're looking back into your coaching career, what are some of your favorite memories and just some of your favorite experiences um, that just you went through these past 24, 25 years? Well, you know, all the championships are special. Uh, all of them a little different. Um, you know, you can just look back at how fortunate we were to win three footballs in a row. And then, you know, in 2015, uh, I was still, you know, at the junior high, but we had a new coach come in at the high school level. Uh, we went 15-0 and 0 that year at the high school and, and won a title. Um you know, and then just got on that run in 17, 18, and 19 were special. Just a great group of kids. A uh, little love. I mean, you know, that 17 bunch, uh, we were senior heavy, probably started seven seniors. Um, and just dominated the postseason, uh, especially on the mound. I mean, our 
our three pitchers were just unbelievable uh, what they did. Um, and you know what's amazing is like in 2018, I mean, like I say, we 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 graduated seven seniors in 17, and then to be able to go back in 2018 and win it again with basically a whole new team uh, was unbelievable. And uh, you know, I think probably that's what you know. In 2018, I was named the uh, ABCA National Coach of the Year, and I'm gonna say that's probably what what got that was you basically turned around and won another one uh, with a, with a whole new team. And, uh, you know, we had that 18 team we knew was going to be, we still had some good players. Um, we had one kid move in that year uh, from Texas that was kind of the piece, the one piece that we needed. And uh, he ended up being a really good player, uh, played on the left side of the infield, probably our number two or three, number three arm. Uh, but you know, that, that 17 and 18 team all evolved around, man. We had a bulldog on the mound. Tyler Hanson uh, went like 20 and two his junior and senior year. I mean, wasn't just a, a dominator. I mean, we're talking about a, a low to mid 80 guy that just uh, refused to lose. And, uh, and he, man, he, uh, he won a lot of big games for us, but, you know, Tristan Jameson moved in and that just kind of gave us that, that extra, uh, spot that we needed and uh, we made a run we hosted the state tournament that year at Nashville which was a big plus I mean crowds were huge at our place and we've got a beautiful place an old kind of semi-pro look with covered stands uh one of the prettiest nicest high school stadiums probably in the state and uh man the crowds were huge uh you know schools brought their kids over and and uh boy we just played well at home uh, you know, and then in 19, Jamison kind of carried the load, uh, pitched a shutout in the championship game. Uh, and I had a kid, had a kid named Jaden Hosteller hit a home run that day. We beat Shiloh Christian one to nothing. First home run he'd ever hit in his life. Uh, probably even in practice, he didn't hit any. And uh, hit one in the bullpen at Bomb Stadium that day. And uh, we won one to nothing. And, uh, you know, what a lot of people, everybody around here knows it, but you probably don't know it. A lot of people out there don't know. I mean, we played the same school all three years in the state championship, played Shiloh Christian all three years. And, uh, I mean, three really good games, like, a, I don't know, seemed like the first year maybe four to one, second year four to nothing, and then one to nothing the last year. Uh, some, some battles with those guys. And, uh, you know, something that you won't ever forget. And, uh, you know, so you, you start talking about the 65 game streak and the state championships. And, you know, then probably the next thing is just the great guys you work with, some of the kids you, uh, you coach. I mean, just some of my favorite kids like a Michael Milam, a Garrett Lance, a DJ Graham, a AJ Whitmore, some of those kids that you don't ever forget that, you know, now are coaching teams and, and, uh, that want to call and talk and, and talk baseball and strategies and that kind of thing. Those, those friendships that last forever. And, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, the ring cases and just the little stuff of, uh, just all the kids that you, uh, that you've been a part of. Yeah. 
So you mentioned a couple of your former players there. Um, so when you were leading teams to you, you won five state championships within your career, four in Nashville, one at Folk. Um, did you have players on your team who ended up going and committed to some big time colleges or who are potentially playing pro ball at some point uh, with just the type of teams that you had there? No, you know, not really. Uh, we just always kind of had some blue collar kids that, you know, we weren't great. Like in, uh, in 07, we had a big arm that ended up going to Northeast Texas um, and uh, ended up having Tommy John his second year down there. He had he had already been um, offered by Oklahoma State and uh, ended up having Tommy John, just never worked through it and, uh, you know, didn't work out. But, you know, other than that, we just had a bunch of uh, – you know, in 07, like A.J. Whitmore is probably one of the best athletes to ever come out of this state. Uh, over 10,000 purpose, purpose yards in football. Uh, just a complete winner. Uh, this kid, I mean, he just refused to let you lose in whatever he did. Uh, super football athlete, super baseball player, probably was a Division One baseball player that nobody even ever called on because he – ended up going to Tulsa to play football. So everybody knew he was going to play football. And uh, Gus Malzahn recruited him to Tulsa, ended up finishing his career at uh, Arkansas Tech. Um, but, you know, we just had a bunch of good um, Division II kind of players. Uh, you know, I've got, like even right now, I've got, uh, I've got three kids playing at Arkansas Tech, uh, one at, uh, Central Baptist in Conway, one in Henderson State. Uh, we've just kind of – we've had those kind of kids that weren't just big-time baseball players, but uh, just uh, blue-collar, hard worker, gritty, uh, find-a-way-to-win kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, – we're just fortunate enough. You know, you, like that last question we was talking about, some of the great moments, I tell you what were some – in 17, when we won it, my two assistants were both players on that 07 championship team, um, which was really – it was really special for me and really special for them. They got to see both sides. They got to see the part, you know, feel the part back in 07 when they won it. And then to be able to get on that dog pile in 17 as a coach was uh, was special for all of us. Yeah, I'm sure. So now that you're looking back at it and um, this past summer, you decided that you weren't going to be going back to Nashville um, to coach high school baseball. Um, you won't be coaching there this spring. Um, just as you're looking back at it, I mean, obviously you're going to miss it somewhat, but just what's going to be some of those things that you're missing. And now, now that you're not going to be coaching in the spring, how does this kind of evolve your role with the Arkansas sticks? And we can kind of transition a little bit to how you got connected with them as well. Well, you know, I, I know come spring, I'll miss it a little bit, especially on game days, especially when I, you know, you still got a son that's out there that has two years left and he's playing. So you're going to be there every day um, to watch them. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of days that I go up to practice and, you know, probably still throw some BP or hit some fungos um, just to do that because, you know, in the spring, being uh, being a part of sticks, basically all you're doing is <clears throat> what me and Chase will be doing a lot of times is going to watch kids and just trying to, you know, recruit and support the ones that we have uh, in the area that that uh, just, you know, show our face and show kids and 
and uh, parents that, hey, it's important to us, and, and these kids mean something to us. Uh, but I'll still be tied down to, to the national program because my son's still, still playing. And uh, so I, I know I'll still be a part of it. You know, I'm still kind of a part of the school. I still drive a bus in the morning um, <clears throat> trying to get my last three years of retirement to be, you know, to, full, to be full reti fully retired in the educational part of it so that they didn't cut me short or take, I think they take 10% of your years if you're not up to 28. So being able to drive a bus and get, get that done still keeps you kind of tied into the school every day. And, uh, you know, like I say, spring will be, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll kind of be nice to be able to just sit down there with some of the dads and be able to just watch it and not have the, the everyday pressure and the everyday grit and grind uh, to be able to just get in the car with my wife and, and uh, for the first time in probably 25 years and, and uh, go watch our, our son play. It'll be a, uh, be an adjustment, but it'll, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So what was that like coaching your son these past two years? Um, you know, it's been great having him in the dugout and, uh, and being a part of it, but you know, it don't always, it don't always line up like you want it to. And it's not as easy as everybody thinks um, just because of the pressure on him or even the pressure on me of, of him being a player and being in our lineup. And, you know, you still run into, to people thinking that, you know, maybe he's here or maybe he's playing here or hitting here because of who his dad is and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I'm really not built like that and uh, play the best we got, no matter who you are, what grade you're in. That's just kind of the motto we've always had. I've always had is, hey, if you're good enough to be in those nine, uh, I don't really care what what grade you're in or, or – uh, you know, if you can get it done, let's, let's do it. But it's been really fun. You know, I mean, we spent so many years, you know, probably since he was 10 coaching him during U-Triple-S-A ball, you know, travel ball and coaching a lot of these kids, you know, five or six of, of his buddies that, that are in his grade that played with us. And, uh, you know, it was a relief when he finally got to ninth grade to not have that, you know, I mean, <clears throat> You feel like you as a coach all the time. I never got to be just dad uh, during those times. Uh, you know, I coach my kids all day, um, and then you know have to go co go coach those kids, those little kids on the weekends, or feel like you got to practice and uh, just a grind of you know a two or two two and a half hour high school practice, and then an hour and a half twelve year old practice. Uh, so it was really nice once he got the high school part where he was just he was part of us and and part of the everyday high school grind. I'm sure. So moving moving a little bit away from your high school coaching career, um, and kind of digging into the sticks, kind of how we got connected with Coach Brewster. Um, when was it that you got connected with the Arkansas Sticks? I know Coach Brewster is based out of Texarkana, so that's not too far from where you're at. Uh, so just how'd you get connected with him and the Arkansas Sticks? Yeah, you know, uh, I competed against when, when Chase was at Genoa Central as a coach. We played each other. Uh, it's probably where we hooked up. Uh, we had some battles with him back in the day. And uh, then when he just kind of got in the sticks, um, I guess the first time we uh, – the first time he took a team to uh, Arizona probably had to have been around 
probably 2017, 2016, some there, sometime there is when I went <clears throat> and uh, kind of got involved in the sticks. And then, you know, my, my little team, my son's team, probably when they were about 12, we turned into a, into a sticks team. And then I started coaching uh, with, with Chase during the summers. Uh, probably been doing that for, I don't know, probably at least four or five years. Uh, I've had probably the either the freshman or sophomore elite team the last four or five years. So we've done a lot of traveling, uh, Atlanta, Florida, Missouri, Iowa. Uh, you know, the summers are full, but we really like that. And, uh, you know, and then it just all kind of fell in line. Um We'd kind of been talking about it uh, possibly happening. And then when I kind of uh, just decided that um, maybe I was kind of ready um, and he, he, he kind of took care of me and said, Hey, I want you to be part of it. Come, come work for us. And uh, he said, I think I can get it done. And, and uh, so we got that done this past <laughs> end of the school year and, had a really good summer, had a really good fall, uh, just kind of helping him with whatever he needs me to help him with, uh, organizing some stuff, uh, probably take a little bigger bigger role on next year, uh, especially just kind of being in charge of the fall league and all that is what we've talked about so far. Um, but, you know, just, uh, just trying to recruit players, uh, touch base with kids, parents, coaches, uh, trying to get good players in and out, and uh, we'll be going to watch watch kids. And you know, like right now, we're just trying to start put we're starting to put together uh, rosters for more uh, MLK. Uh, sending a couple of teams probably out to Arizona and two or three teams down to Houston in January. So uh, we're just trying to get all, all those rosters kind of filled and and uh, and working from there and. It's just a, uh, you know, talk to Chase two or three, four times a day just on stuff that, hey, let's remember to do this and that kind of thing. And, then, you know, I think the role will just continue to get bigger, just taking some of the workload off him. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you touched on it there quite a bit, talking about, like, going coaching in the summertime, going and recruiting players <laughs> and just building relationships while the players currently in the program and then send, uh, creating rosters. But you are so you are listed as VP and general manager. So besides some of the things you've already kind of mentioned, like what what else does that job entail? Kind of being the, the second in command of the Arkansas Sticks program. Well, I think it just gives you another it gives you another person that you can really uh, depend on. Uh, that way, you know, I mean, I, I've got a lot of connections in the high school at the high school level. Uh, you know, that I think helps, that's going to get us, you know, some better coaches maybe for summer, uh, doing that kind of thing, um, you know, probably next year, uh, getting my name on the account where that, hey, Coach Brewster don't have to mess with paying umpires for the fall. I'm going to take care of all that kind of stuff, um, you know, leaning leaning on me for, for those kind of things and, uh, you know, just – Hey, making sure we've got baseball ordered. Hey, when do we need to order hats for summer to make sure they're here on time? Uh, running our, you know, running our sticks days. Um, you know, we always have a sticks weekend. 
uh, before we start summer that, you know, that I'll be, I'll take care of all that kind of stuff where in the past we've, you know, maybe hired a couple of, couple of coaches that we know that that's good at that kind of thing that come in and run that stuff uh, for us. Now, you know, I can take care of that part of it with just our coaches and, and we don't have to pay somebody to come in and do those kind of things. So, you know, it's just, uh, uh, we're still getting there on what exactly the role it will revolve, you know, and evolve into. Uh, but, you know, just a uh, kind of a right-hand man for Chase that he hadn't had to be able to call and say, hey, will you do this? Can you do this? Hey, will you make this call, um, you know, on people that, people that maybe he doesn't know as good as I know of, hey, will you call this coach and see if we can get these two or three players, uh, you know, where, you know, it might mean a little more coming from Coach Slayton than it does Coach Brewster. Yeah. So you said you're going to be kind of in charge of the Sticks Fall League, which is something that I wasn't really able to talk much about with Coach Brewster when it came to that. I mean, I see you guys all fall posting, hey, players of the week for what, whatever region it happens to be. Um, but Coach Brewster's like conversation was just so long. I really never got the opportunity to ask what exactly that Sticks Fall League is. So could you kind of take me through what that Sticks Fall League is and kind of what it, what it takes to be part of those teams? Yeah, you know, uh, during the fall, we uh, we ended up with about 200, between 225 and 250 kids. Uh, <clears throat> and what we did this year is we tried to take a lot of the travel out for the parents and the kids. Uh, normally what we've done in the past is, is you know, we might play at like Southern Arkansas, um, maybe UALR. We'd have a couple of spots, but you'd still have kids driving, you know, two and a half, three hours to play on a weekend. Uh, so what we tried to do this year is take that out of it if we could get enough teams. So what we did is we had a uh, we had three teams in the Northeast that played at Arkansas State. And then we had three teams like in the Northwest uh, that played at UA Fort Smith. Uh, we ended up with five teams that played at Arkansas Tech. Um, we had three teams that played at Henderson State. And then we had four teams that played at Mount Pleasant High School. Uh, so basically what we were able to do is take all of our East Texas kids and maybe our Southwest Arkansas, the Texarkana area kids. And uh, we made four teams and they played at uh, Mount Pleasant High School. Uh, and then we were able to take, you know, those South Arkansas kids and all they had to do was drive to Henderson State to play. Uh, so, it, it made it really good for the kids. Uh, I thought we were still very competitive. Uh, so I thought it maybe was one of the greatest, you know, falls that we had. Uh, what we end up doing on that is, um, you know, we take care of records and we bring, we brought the, uh, the top four, the top four teams uh, <clears throat> ended up going to Henderson the last weekend and we play a, uh, play, basically play a fall championship at Henderson State. Um, so, you know, the kids would come in. Most of the time it was either a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, you know, like at Arkansas Tech, they always played on Sundays. Uh, a lot of the places like Mount Pleasant High School, they always played on Saturday. So those kids would come in, play a doubleheader. Um, we do a really good job. Of, we try to, try to take some of the stress off the pitchers. Uh, we go one, one counts, uh, with every hitter. Uh, so, 
you know, you might look up and, and this kid might throw seven innings, but he might only throw 60 pitches uh, because of the one, one count that helps a really, that helps a lot. And, uh, you know, try to divide those teams up as good as you can to make them all very competitive. Uh, you still have to run into, you know, working around some, I'm going to say most teams had uh, 12 to 13 kids on them. Um, you know, you'd still look up at times, you know, during that time of year where you'd look up, one team might only have 10 uh, because of a football game or an injury or, hey, we're going to watch the Razorbacks play this weekend. But luckily we got enough kids. Uh, and the good thing about <clears throat> what I think about, you know, instead of going other places and playing other organizations or stuff like that when it's just our kids that if we are short we can just move a kid over to another hey instead of playing on the purple team this week I need you to go play on the yellow team um to help help with numbers uh you know it's all about getting at bats and getting reps and uh just kind of fine-tuning on the mound uh you know but it's it's not too much pressure uh on the kids they still get to you know basically it's the whole month of September. So you're basically still getting October, November, and December off before you kind of crank back up and start with your high school teams. And, um, you know, the good thing about it's not a lot of wear and tear because our, like our summer teams end probably uh, near the end of July, uh, probably third week of July. So you're basically getting five weeks off before, before fall starts. Uh, but it's been really, Really good, really productive. Uh, you know, the college being on the college campuses that helps the kids. Coaches are getting to to watch those kids. The the Henderson State guys, the Arkansas Tech guys, Fort Smith, Arkansas State. You know, those GAs or or head coaches, assistant coaches are getting to watch kids and and uh, see the talent level that that we have in the Sticks organization. Yeah. So another cool thing you guys got to be a part of, or a thing that the Sticks were able to do. Um, was become the Chicago White Sox scout team. And that, right. that happened after I talked to Coach Brewster on the podcast. Obviously, I I've talked to him on a weekly basis here these past two months or so, but I really haven't gotten the chance to kind of see what that process was to become the Chicago White Sox scout team. Did you kind of play a role in that as well with Coach Brewster? Or if not, what were some things you saw Coach Brewster do um, that kind of led to you guys becoming that scout team? Yeah, Coach Brewster took care of uh, most all of that. He's kind of been working on that kind of stuff for two years, trying to get, you know, trying to turn his team, uh, that 17U elite, into a, a scout team, uh, kind of like some of the others are. Uh, and, you know, that all of that kind of boils down to who you know, you know, more, more than anything. And he kind of just ran into uh, someone that kind of got us in the door with the White Sox. And uh, just kept kind of pushing on. Uh, I'm going to probably say, you know, one of the biggest influences or helpers that made that happen was uh, Steve Landers, Coach Landers, uh, who helps Coach Brewster on his team. And, uh, you know, luckily Steve, Steve takes care of a lot of stuff for us and uh, has been an instrumental part. He's the one that kind of started uh, – uh, the Sticks organization, uh, you know, probably kind of started as another team, another name, but ended up being a uh, being a big part of. And him and his son have been a been a big part of of uh, everything that we've done the last four, five, six, seven years. Yeah. And uh, Steve was was instrumental on it. 
uh, wanted it to happen. Uh, we didn't really, you know, we weren't asking for much. We just wanted to be able to go to Jupiter as a scout team. So, I mean, <clears throat> we still paid for, for most of the thing. We just, you know, the uniforms and all that stuff, we just wanted to, to be able to make it happen. And uh, finally got the okay. I mean, kind of ended up, hey, we got to order uniforms today if they're going to be, if they're going to be ready for Jupiter and uh, really hadn't even got the complete okay, had to go ahead and order and think, hey, hopefully it's going to happen. And I think the next day we got the okay that, hey, we want you guys to be a, to be a White Sox scout team. So, uh, boy, it was really nice down at uh, Jupiter. Uniforms were great. Uh, a couple of their, you know, the White Sox uh, personnel was was there, talked to Coach Brewster, said, hey, everything looks good. You know, I think next year, next summer, we'll be able to, you know, I mean, uh, maybe we get hats at cost and, uh, or, you know, maybe they, they give us hats. You know, anything helps. Uh, yeah. The uniforms, I think, you know, three and two does a great job for us. They looked identical to the ones that, that the big leaguers are wearing. So, you know, they'll probably, the White Sox will incorporate a little more. I think, you know, our big picture right now is probably uh, down the road for, you know, probably next summer and even out at MLK in January, Coach Brewster's team will go as the scout team. Uh, but we'd love maybe the following summer, maybe all of our elite teams uh, being scout teams. Uh, so we'll just have to see how all that works and if it can happen. Um, if, uh, you know, the organization's okay with it, you know, we'd like to turn our, our four or five elite programs into, uh, into White Sox scout teams. Okay. Well, you kind of dig into my – so I have one question left, and you kind of dug into it there a little bit. Um, but, no, I mean, like you've mentioned this entire podcast, like I've learned these past two months and even beyond that, I mean, the Arkansas Sticks are one of those top-tier travel ball programs. Um, just with guys – I mean, if you go through the roster, I mean, you see Power 5, Power 5, Power 5 commits, um, great coaching staff as well. Um, but, no, as you guys kind of head into the future, um, you mentioned that one goal of making sure the Brewster 17U elite team is going to be White Sox scout team next summer. But the summer after that, hopefully every elite sticks team is the White Sox scout team. But besides that, besides being the White Sox scout team, uh, kind of what do you see as kind of like the vision and just what what do you guys, what do you think the future of the Arkansas sticks is, is these next couple of years? And just how do you guys continue uh, to evolve? And just what is the plan for that? Well, I think you just continue to try to get great kids. You know, just like today, we got 63 kids uh, signing <clears throat> letters of commits today. And uh, that's a tremendous number for our organization. Um, and I think that makes kids want to come be a part of our organization. Um, you know, what we try to do is just put – we try to put great coaches uh, with these kids during the summer. And I think that's one of our biggest pluses – is we have some really good, really good coaches that coach these teams during the summer that parents appreciate, that they they love the kids, they try to do what's best for the kids, um, and I think that's a big deal. <clears throat> I think parents appreciate that. They appreciate um, the hard work and the time. I mean, you know, there there's a lot of times, especially during the summer, that that uh, that I'm I'm putting in a lot of time with, with somebody else's kids instead of my kid or my wife. 
and those kind of things that I think a lot of times is is un you know you don't see it parents don't realize it on uh, how much time we put in with their kids uh, away from our own families and uh, you know I think if you're doing that kind of thing it just continues to grow uh, your organization uh, it helps you know I mean last summer we had 18 or 19 teams um, so <clears throat> you know you got 14 or 15 regular teams that are that are going to be in Memphis this weekend. Uh, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, possibly even hire some extra staff to maybe, you know, hey, want you to come on board this summer and basically just follow our our non-elite teams and just taking care of business uh, in Memphis this weekend. If anything, if anything happens, that's kind of what Coach Ham did this past summer. Uh, he answers a lot of the questions, all the emails <clears throat> on stuff like that. But if they're, you know, if you just kind of had one guy floating around uh, at Monroe, Louisiana this weekend when we got 12 teams just, you know, floating in dugouts, talking to kids, helping a coach, uh, I think that kind of stuff just <clears throat> parents appreciate it, kids appreciate it, makes the program better. Um you know, I mean, I think that's probably, you know, our biggest goal is to just continue to have four or five elite teams that are really good and going to travel the big circuit. And then if we can put, you know, anywhere from 13 to 15 uh, non-elite that, you know, don't have to travel quite as far, you know, three hours is the most. I mean, you'd be surprised how many – that's a big deal to some parents. Uh, everybody can't just – load up and go to Atlanta, Georgia for seven days. I mean, it's a, it's a long, it's expensive for these kids, expensive for these parents. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I tell my kids, the team I coach every summer, Hey, you guys can't tell your parents enough, how much you appreciate them, how much the time they put in, how much money they spend on you guys. Uh, because, you know, like last summer, I mean, we went, my team went to Atlanta three times, uh, Hoover, Alabama once. So, I mean, uh, these these parents are spending thousands of dollars on their kids because their kids love it and want to be part of it. And it's it's important to those parents. It's important to us. Uh, so, you know, that's why we try to put the best we can put with them that care about it, that love the game, that's going to do the best for the kids and uh, just, uh, you know, show them how how good our organization is. And, uh, you know, Coach Brewster works extremely hard for our kids, making calls, text messages. Uh, you know, he's on he's on speed dial with coaches, trying to get stuff done, trying to get kids here or there. And uh, I know the parents appreciate it, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And uh, he, he spends many hours uh, on the phone with coaches and parents trying to get stuff like that done. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I knew before I even started this Arkansas Sticks uh, interview spotlight series um, that you guys were a great program. But just getting to talk to Coach Brewster for, like I said, that like two hours I talked to him on the podcast, plus talking to him these past couple of weeks, uh, talking to all your guys' alumni, the guys in college, Connor Nolan as well, who's uh, within the Cubs organization now, talking to all your current players. Um, some of the players that you actually coached this summer within Brenton Clark, Lawson Ward, yeah. Couple other guys right. here I haven't met I, I didn't mention. I'm um, talking to you as well. Uh, know that I mean the Arkansas Sticks program is legit. 
Um, I love everything that you guys have been doing uh, when it comes to not even the stuff that's going on in the field. I mean, the stuff that Coach Brewster's doing media-wise, just getting all this publicity towards his players, kind of making sure his players are feel, feeling special about themselves. Um, no, every, everything from top to bottom, I believe the Arkansas Sticks program is doing it right. And I, I, I'm truly blessed. I've told Coach Brewster this multiple times to have this opportunity to interview you guys for eight straight weeks, kind of just to get to know the whole program. Um, I know Coach Brewster and I have a couple other things, a couple other collaborations on the way as well, and I'm super excited to get those going. So, uh, no, I uh, so just to just to kind of wrap it up. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, great getting to know you, talking about your high school coaching career, talking about you with the sticks. Um, but no, I uh, just want to wish you the best of luck here um, as you get continue on with the sticks and kind of uh, continue to coach some of these top prospects across the nation uh, who play for the sticks as well. Um, but no, just thanks for coming on the podcast. Man, I appreciate you having me today. And uh, we appreciate all you've done the last, especially the last eight weeks for, for our program and our kids. And uh, like I say, we look forward to, to being a part, you know, in the future of, uh, of everything. If, if you need us, just holler at us and we'll be ready to roll.